You're listening to the Consumer Call-In with me, Sinead Ryan, sitting in for Ivan. We've been taking your calls for the last two weeks with experts on a whole range of consumer issues, from consumer rights to the cost of running a car to mortgages. It's the last one of the series today, so we've kept the busiest until now, and we are all about insurance. I know certainly if my email inbox is anything to go by, this is a topic that exercises most of you one way or the other. So whether it's home insurance, health insurance, gadget, travel, everything. Our experts will answer your questions. If you want to get involved, you can call us on 1890 453 106 or text us on 53106 for 30 cent and we can get you on the air. I'm joined in studio by our experts now. Uh, we've taken in three today just by the range of the topic that we have. Uh, Dermot Good, no stranger to these studios on health insurance. Kieran Mulligan of Blue Insurance and Deirdre McCarthy of insuremyhouse.ie um, You're very welcome to the studio. I'd say it is going to be uh, a busy one. We've got loads coming in actually on all three topics. Um, But let me start with health insurance because it's one Dermot that I get asked regularly and and it does confuse people sometimes. Can anybody buy private health insurance? We've a texter here saying, I have a medical card. Can I also have health insurance? Um, the answer is yes, it. Anybody can take out health insurance, uh, regardless of their age. So just just one thing on the medical card issue, because this does come up. The medical card entitles you to public hospital treatment for free. Um, you can still, if you want buy private health insurance. It doesn't in any way, let's just say, uh, compromise your entitlement to the medical card um, and and the two of them are mutually exclusive. So there really is no overlap there. Your your health insurance will enable you to go to a private hospital, get treatment more quickly, not be subject to queues. Even with a medical card, you will still be subject to those waiting lists. So yes, anybody can join. The only thing to watch, if you're over 34, those age loadings will make it more expensive. That's the yeah. only thing. But otherwise, that's true for everybody, isn't it, really? Exactly. Otherwise, okay. anybody 90 years of age you can take out health insurance. Okay, cool. Right, great. Um, so, so no problems there at all. Uh, now, uh, I, we have another texter in here saying, uh, can I get my mobile phone insured on my home insurance policy or am I paying twice? Deirdre, people are confused about what's covered, what's not covered. Can you take it out of the house? Yeah, so on your home insurance, you can take items outside of the house, but you do have to add them on as a specified item. So they do charge a premium for them. Um, so what you would usually add on, things like jewellery, engagement rings, wedding bands, you would have iPads, mobile phones and that. But what I find is with the iPads, mobile phones and things like that, it it is more... Um, it is more competitive if you actually take out a gadget insurance policy, so a separate policy to the home insurance policy and kind of keep your home insurance for your items like jewellery and, and things like okay. that if you want to cover them outside the home. Right, and that's a nice segue to my third guest, Kieran Mulligan. Uh, gadget insurance. Uh, again, it's one of those things that... I know people say from time to time, you know, it's it's hard to claim on and they have to do a whole string of things before they're successful. Tell us a little bit about gadget insurance. Yes. Well, as Deirdre was saying, you know, this is a benefit that if you claim, it's not going to affect your no claims bonus like it would on a home insurance policy. So we're seeing more and more people take out the gadget insurance for the latest iPhone, iPads for schools. You know, there's a whole lot of different things, tablets, um, laptops, etc. It's very competitively priced. And as I say, like you can you can get it covered from as, as little as six ninety nine a month. Um and as you say, when you buy a phone, you get a phone at a reasonable price because the mobile phone companies are subsidizing it. But you lose or damage or break it or, 
you know, if it gets stolen to buy that, you know, you're talking over a thousand euros now. Yeah. So for a little at six ninety nine a month, it's it's it covers no it. Now we have a couple of questions in literally just as you were speaking on the back of that. One is a uh, texter saying, "Can I cover a child's gadget on the parents' policy?" There are bundled products you can buy, aren't there? That cover. There a few used gadgets. to be, but we oh. got hammered on the bundled right. products. So, <laughs> okay. but you can, you can sure so long as the child is living at home in okay. the same address as the parents. Then yes, this texture says they're under eighteen. So, so yeah, that's fine. One would presume they are okay. Um, and then another one on the back of that: What gadget should I, should I insure? Says a texter. Should I look at the replacement cost of it? My mobile is quite old, so I'm wondering whether eleven month is to, eleven euros a month is still worth it. Mm. Uh, to be honest, the average is about two years with most policies, you yeah. know, and we're actually looking at introducing a, a contract led uh, policy that will cover the gadget for two years. But I'd say two years is, is sufficient enough. Normally, after two years, you're entitled to an upgrade of your uh, mobile anyway. OK, all right. Um, right. Another one. Um, uh, Dermot, uh, Texter wants to know what is a pre-existing condition? Now, when it comes to both health insurance and indeed travel insurance, um, you know, very often you'll see pre-existing conditions are either charged extra or excluded. But like, what's that? Like I had the flu last week. You know, that that's probably not what they're talking about. No, with, uh, with health insurance, the way the insurance companies look at this is any any medical condition you've had previously, you either have now or you've had treat- or treatment for previously, is designated a pre-existing condition. Now, just to just maybe to qualify that, Sinead, for example, if somebody's joining and they have asthma or they have diabetes or they have a skin condition or something like that, that they're not going to be admitted to hospital to get treated, that's not really going to impact them. We're really talking about conditions where they may need to be treated in hospital. And to be fair to the insurance companies, unlike some of the other insurances, no doubt you'll talk about where you have risk rating, health insurance companies cannot risk or load your premium based on your medical condition or your medical history. So the only way they have of, I suppose, protecting themselves is the pre-existing exclusion. And if they didn't have it there, nobody would join until basically they know they're going to go into hospital. So the rule of thumb is if you're healthy now when you join, then effectively you're on cover pretty much straight away. If you have an existing condition um, and you join with that condition, and even though they, made, they mightn't have even made a specific diagnosis, once you've had investigations for something, and um, then that will be treated as a pre-existing condition and you won't be covered for the first five years. Okay. Thereafter, covered for life. Yeah, so once you can underwrite, then you can make choices about it. And when it comes to travel insurance, Karen, sometimes they're excluded and you don't get, you can go on your holiday, but don't have a heart attack when you're there. Yeah, I think it's important to point out there's two options on it. If you've got private health insurance with medical cover abroad, then your travel policy, I know with our multitrip.com, it would cover cover you automatically for that condition, provided it's not terminal and provided you're not waiting results of tests or investigations. If you if you don't have private health insurance with that cover abroad, then you do need to declare the condition. So if you have a condition, you're taking medication for any condition in the last two years prior to taking out that policy, then you ring the medical screening line and you pay it. It's a small premium. Yeah, Generally, and they're it's a bit sticky as well about older people, aren't they? Like once you hit 70, you, you need to start disclosing all, all sorts. No, it, it doesn't make any difference what age okay. you are. Um, you'll find, normally you'll find that over 65 you pay, there's a, there's a higher premium and that's because claims reflect that. But in relation to the medical screening, anybody with a pre-existing medical condition, two years prior to taking out, then would have to declare it. But again, if you have private health insurance or medical overbought, you don't need to declare with our policy. OK, just before I go to our, uh, our first uh, caller here, um, Deirdre McCarthy, uh, what degree of house insurance do I need for my apartment? I'm an owner occupier. So apartments, they're often 
the buildings are covered under a yeah so the buildings thing. will be covered under their management policy um, so what you, you need is um, a contents only policy so it'll cover you for all the contents in, in your apartment so that should be a lot cheaper yeah, so like average premium for a contents policy is 100 to 150 euro, depending on what you have, depending on the value of a your year. contents. <laughs> a year, yeah. Okay. Um, so, you're, so, you're, so you're a nice sofa and your clothes and your bits and bobs and all Yeah, that. exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right, okay. Now, we have a caller on the line, uh, Robbie. Uh, Robbie, what's your question uh, on insurance for our experts? Sinead, I'm heading to the States in September. Uh, and I'm going to hire a car, but I'm worried that when I get there, I'm not sure about the add-ons or the extra taxes that I haven't possibly foreseen about. And look, I'm going on this holiday on a strict budget. Are there any other extra charges that I should look out for when renting a car? Oh, gosh, okay, tons, I'd say, (laughs) Robbie. Uh, Renting a car abroad, it drives people potty. Uh, Sorry, well, it certainly drives me uh, mad to, to have picked your rental car, gone to price, hired something abroad, you have exactly what you want, you're picking it up at the airport and they suddenly come at you with this insurance and that insurance. Have you got this cover? What about this? Kieran, it's a nightmare. It is. And uh, the first thing I'd say to everybody is buy the excess before you go. Okay, explain now what an excess is and what you're buying. So normally with your car hire, you're finding that car hire is coming really cheap at the moment. You can pick it up for six or seven quid a day. This is a tactic by the car hire companies. When you get to the desk abroad, if you haven't already taken out your excess policy, they're going to charge you between 25 and 30 euro a day to cover the excess. So even though you've gone onto the site and you've booked your car hire and it says comprehensive, there is an excess that applies. And that ranges from between 600 euros and up to 3000 euros. If you damage or scratch that car in any way, even a little dent. Um, I experienced it myself at the weekend. I was in Brits in France and thought I was hiring myself a lovely car. I was like Mr. Bean going around with this Fiat 500. <laughs> ran up against the wrong fella, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They were still trying to sell me the excess as I was walking out the door. But it was a 1,200 quid excess for this small Fiat 500 car. And uh, they were charging 20 a day if I wanted to pay it. So for five days, 100 quid. And you're saying, what would it like? A, what the car rental cost me a hundred, you yeah, know, for, so for the five crazy, days. That's crazy, isn't it? Okay. So, so what we're saying is get the access before you go. Carhireaccess.ie, there's the AA, there's a number of different providers out there. Buy the access. It's only two ninety nine a day compared with 25 quid a day. And, and, so and that's interesting because it's covering essentially a fixed amount. You're not going to be done for 50,000 or 100,000 like on travel insurance. So it's really, or, or on, on your health or something going wrong with you. It's just covered that bit that you yes. would be charged otherwise and the policy our policy covers up to seven and a half thousand okay. so if you had an excess a high excess or for example well what i would always tell people is if you're if you're going to hire a car more than 10 days or you're going to do it twice a year get the annual policy it's only 48.99 it's very cheap uh, yeah and i think that's true of a lot of a lot of the travel policies as well just yeah. by the by the thing you never know you could be lucky and so what and happens is you get to that desk abroad they're going to swipe your card because you have the policy already yourselves. And in the event of a claim, you claim back once you get back off your policy. But it's going to save you a significant amount of money. OK, all right. Um, Dermot, we have a query here on switching insurance providers. Uh, the caller wants to know, is it tricky? Now, there's only three of them. Um, and, you know, this isn't what you'd call an open market mm-hmm. <laughs> by any means. There's certainly nobody banging on the door from from other countries looking to get into this business. But people are terribly loyal, especially to the VHI. 
they are and there is no reward whatsoever for loyalty in in health insurance i mean that's the key thing you know key point to make so anybody who who thinks they're going to be let's just say lose benefits or lose continuity of cover or be charged extra by virtue of their their health status or their age 30 years they're always very good to me do you know in health insurance it makes no difference once you're once you have more than five years insurance under your belt, Sinead, you effectively now have served your pre-existing, and if you switch to, we'll say, Leia Healthcare or Irish Life Health, or the other two providers, and there are 330 plans out there now across all three, you will have continuity of cover. What I would say to, to any of your listeners who are worried, and people with existing medical conditions who have who have received treatment will be worried. They need to get proper advice on this. Do not rely on any of the comparison websites for anybody who's thinking of switching. They are good as a guide only. Right. Uh, they're not entirely accurate. And you need you need somebody who's going to give you specific answers. Will that hospital be covered? Will that condition? Will that MRI scan center? Is that consultant? And so forth. And once you get the right answers, then switch. People shouldn't hesitate to switch. I know, Dermot, but like people find it very confusing. They don't even know what they need to ask in a lot of cases. Um, and I know the Health Insurance Authority, which is the regulator in this area, for whatever that word means in health insurance, um, the site is not well designed. Well, I don't think it is anyway. It, it It's very, very poor and it, it doesn't give people clear questions even to, mm. to quiz. To be fair, and you're absolutely right, I mean, to be fair to the Health Insurance Authority, they've tried to design, to simplify something which just cannot be simplified. I mean, when you look at the number of plans, and even when, then when you factor in the human dimension here and people's emotion, emotions around this and their concerns and so on, really, it's like pensions or investments. You sit down with a competent advisor, let them do the heavy lifting for you. And you know, Sinead, even somebody who wants to do this themselves, all they have to do is phone up the insurance companies and simply keep them on the phone for half an hour. Tell me what's covered, what's not covered. Yeah. Ask them every single question. And like what Kieran was saying with other insurances, disclose everything. So if you tell them everything that's important to you, they have to tell you why you're covered. And the calls are all recorded. And if you like the answers, forget about the name over the door. If you see a good policy with the right cover at the right price, it doesn't price, matter who it's with. It. And you switch from one to the other, and it's not going to matter, even if you're if you're kind of not feeling great or you're you're no. in the middle of treatment or something. Actually, one final point on that as well for older people: get your sons, your daughters, your siblings, a trusted neighbour, get somebody to help you through the process because the jargon and all that makes it very it confusing is, it's for confusing them. Confusing it is. All right, okay. We have another caller on the line, Donal. Donal, what is your question for our experts? So my question is around mortgage protection insurance. So I bought a house in 2006 from our bank's recommended insurer and I was reviewing the policy recently as it's, it's become very expensive for us and I wasn't able to find any signed application form for the amount insured, which is just about 700000 So I contacted the bank and they were able to provide me with a copy of an application I signed for 425000 and now I did get an increased loan offer after I took the approval, um, which I took. But the bank and the insurer can't provide me with any proof I authorised the increase in the mortgage protection insurance. Do I have any case for getting repaid the additional premiums and what's the best route to go? OK, this is a tough one. It's life insurance, of course, he's talking about here rather than the mortgage itself. Um, I mean, where you feel you've been overcharged on a policy or the limit has arbitrarily changed or some condition has changed. What would you advise people uh, to do if if they feel that that's the case? Who, who would they write to or where do you appeal for stuff like that? Well, the, the ombudsman is the, the route to go down if they feel that they haven't been you know, treated fairly or that they didn't authorise you know, the increase. This is the financial services ombudsman? Yeah. OK. Yeah. OK. And maybe in the first instance, write to the bank, get, them, get it all in writing, get the bank to write to you and say, this is what happened, this is the date on it on which it happened and here's the proof. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, you know, get all the information from, you know, the, their mortgage provider, um, or mortgage protection provider and just, just go from there. Um, I suppose you have to question them and get it all in writing and then you can go to the financial on- ombudsman if you feel like you have a case. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, maybe that, that, that just sounds like a complicated thing that happened there. Okay. Uh, somebody on about travel insurance, uh, Kieran, what would a pregnant woman be covered for? Um, I presume they mean, what would they not be covered for? Maybe because well, pregnancy isn't an illness, is it? No, exactly. <laughs> um, they are covered for, for traveling, provided that the airline, um, lets them travel, which is normally up to 32 weeks. Um, if there's any complications resulting from the pregnancy that they weren't aware at the time of taking out, then they'll be covered for that as well if they need to cancel or curtail a trip. And does it matter like if it's long haul or short? I mean, I know you wouldn't want to be going away if you're kind of vastly pregnant, but you do have to be careful. No, I, I think most most pregnant ladies would uh, would take a short haul trip. The closer they are getting to the pregnancy, yeah, yeah. the further it is, it's a bit more risky. OK, so um, no no problems as long as your normal rules apply with your doctor. Exactly. Anything else you do. Yeah. All right. OK, great. OK, our three experts are staying with me in studio. Kieran Mulligan, Dermot Good and Deirdre McCarthy. And we'll be back after this. And this is Sinead Ryan sitting in for Ivan Yates all this week on The Hard Shoulder. We are doing a consumer call in and today it is about insurance. We have Kieran Mulligan from Blue Insurance, Deirdre McCarthy from insuremyhouse.ie and Dermot Good from totalhealthcover.ie. Now, we're going to the phone lines. We have uh, somebody on the phone and it is Stephen from Wexford. Stephen, what would you like to ask our experts? Um, my question will be in relation to health insurance and um, eye care and hearing care. You know, you hear that coming down the lines there might be issues with people hearing or eyesight from mobile phones. Do health insurers generally cover eyesight, um, say maybe surgery or uh, contact glasses or maybe hearing hearing aids, hearing um, devices? Okay, um, Dermot, that's an interesting one because we know that the state kind of allows free ear tests and eye tests and and provides uh, stuff on it. Any of the insurance companies do like medical aids? I presume they all cover surgeries, cataracts and things like that, do they? They do. So the, where, where, the, where the health insurance is very good is if there's an underlying medical condition and surgery, corrective surgery is required uh, to resolve that, then most policies will cover that. Uh, where they're not so good is so where something, for example, let's take eyesight, if something is designated more cosmetic like laser surgery, corrective surgeries, there's no cover for that really in any, or if there is any cover, it's Mickey Mouse cover on the health insurance policies. Mm-hmm. Um, like appliances, let's take a lot of people now are buying very expensive hearing aids. There's little or no cover on health and insurance at all whatsoever. expensive. Absolutely. Thousands of euros. Yeah. And as they get more, I suppose, sophisticated, they get more, let's just say, uh, more costly. So, and really, they're not an insurable risk really for the health insurers. Um, Jump across hmm. you there, Dermot. They are. You can insure them on your house insurance. So they be another one of the items that. Okay. So once you bought them, when you bought them, <laughs> you, you can have stick them, them on the policy. Some of them are yeah. three, three or four thousand euros they are. each. Um, they're not tiny. all insurers will easily. take them. Um, so that's where I suppose going to a broker will be able to figure out. Um, which insurers will take them will, because there's such a high risk and there's such a high value you will pay an additional premium for it but they can be covered and they be covered worldwide outside of the yeah. home everywhere. Now there are some kind of um, people uh, who qualify for grants towards them isn't that right Dermot like yeah. you know if they're older people are on social protection. There would be certain entitlements um, as to exactly what they are national. I wouldn't have the specifics yeah. on them but just to go back on corporate plans though for anybody who's got a good quality corporate plan and bear in mind these are available to everybody 
some of those the latest policies now give very good cover let's just say for you know for eye care and um, particularly for corrective lenses and glasses so there are policies out there now will give you 50 percent 75 percent back up to a thousand euro and um, some of those corporate plans so the, the health insurance plans, whereas years ago there was no cover whatsoever for this, but on these really good corporate plans, which are brought out for the multinational clients, we're seeing those types of benefits being enhanced all the time. Um, so once again, it's something to check out with your insurer. Yeah. Okay, all right. We have a texter in. Uh, why does my travel insurance company charge more for coverage to trips to the US and Canada? Kieran, it's always when you go in to get a quote for travel insurance, it's like Europe, one big mass, the rest of the world, another big mass, and then right there, the expense of one, the USA, USA and yes, Canada. Um, it comes. It does it come down to medical costs. It's medical costs, and actually, some parts of Europe is catching up with the USA. Uh, Spain and Turkey are getting very expensive from a medical point of view. But realistically, you step off a plane in the USA, maybe somebody a bit older, hit humidity, get in for tests, brought in an ambulance. You're, you're talking up to ten thousand dollars for the day for medical costs. Now, there is cost containment there by the assistance companies, but that's what you're looking at compared to in Europe where you might have your EHIC card as well. Yeah. Um, now, tell us about that because this is the European Health Insurance card because that should cover you for um, like emergency for public hospital care in Europe. Yes, it covers you for some. Yeah. So even though we recommend people take the EHIC card with them, it's not a substitute for travel insurance and don't be fooled by that because a lot of procedures are not covered by it. And when you go into say, I don't know, if you arrive in the Canaries, you know, you go into a hotel and you ring a doctor because there's a problem. You know, a lot of these are being, you know, these hotels are getting sort of backhanders from the hospitals. So you could be sent to a private hospital in an ambulance. And so from that point of view, it doesn't cover it certain procedures in certain hospitals so it's not a substitute just like private health insurance isn't a substitute as a standalone it's great to have it for medical cover abroad but it only covers up to 100,000 and we do have a number of European claims that are far exceed that and USA even worse again Are you all right, though Dermot like if you're travelling in Europe and you know there's a standard of care and something you expect and you have a good health insurance policy here in Ireland most of those do come with some benefits they won't chase your bags for you you know to, no, if they, they get lost but they do and and it, actually Kieran has kind of touched on this because a lot of older people who find travel policies quite expensive when they get into their 70s and into their early 80s they rely on the health insurance and the EHIC card. Now, mm-hmm. the health insurance, the most any one policy will cover you is up to €100,000. With VHI with I- or with Leia Healthcare, that's any one trip up to 180 days. With Irish Life, it's, it's 31 days is per trip. Is that anywhere in the world? Or yes, just, anywhere okay, in the world. Right. But it's, a, it's an emergency medical scenario abroad. But we would always advise people that that is never, was never meant to be a substitute for travel insurance. So we would tell... All clients, when you're going abroad, ideally, EHIC card, your health insurance, and a proper comprehensive travel insurance. I mean, when yes. you look at the premiums... We're doing a hard sell here. Well, <laughs> three policies for the price you, of three. Well, do you know what you know, the, the, We get more complaints in relation to cover abroad, people not having sufficient cover than anything else, you know, and, and people people ring us from abroad asking, can we take out a policy now? Because somebody has a scenario and obviously you can't, you know, so and I've I've had to use travel insurance, I say about six or seven times now at this stage, so we would definitely be advocates of taking out proper three. travel cover. All right, okay, it was ever going to be like that, folks. All right, well listen our experts are staying with us, please continue to send in your questions, we are getting loads of them and we'll be back after the news headlines with Trevor Keegan. Back to the consumer call in with me Sinead Ryan sitting in for I now, we sent our reporter um, 
uh, up to Henry McKean up to uh, ask people, did they have insurance policies? What did they have in church? I'm sure they were all very, very happy with what they have. But let's hear what he found out. Do you have home or health insurance? No. And what about home insurance? Do you have no. that? No. So do you not worry that, you know, something could happen, like the house could flood or no. it could burn down, God forbid? No. I do have home insurance. Well, if that happened, you have to have home insurance. You know what I mean? If there was a pipe force or, or a fire, God forbid. I mean, you have to have home insurance. And what about health insurance? Do you have private health insurance? No, I haven't. How come? I can't afford it. And it can be quite pricey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 60 euro now to go to the doctor and then you have your prescription. You know, so... But if you get really sick and you don't have private medical, you're not going to get the private room, perhaps you'll be down that waiting list. What can you do? That's the way it is now. I couldn't afford 100 a month. Being too truthful much. with you. It's too much. No, I couldn't afford it. Hello, I'm 27 and I have health insurance. The reason I took it out was because I have a, a bipolar condition and if I have another episode, I don't want to go out into a public sector um, of hospital, I want to go into private. How much are you paying uh, private health? What sort of cost, roughly, a year or a month? Uh, I'm not too sure, really. I don't. I just pay it and I don't really look into it too much. You just pay it? <laughs> I have health insurance. And what sort of deal do you have? Kind of like a basic package, €90 euro a month, one of their level one plans. Have you ever had to use it? Yeah, I have had to use it, yeah. Happy enough? Yeah, yeah, happy enough, yeah. Well, a whole variety of um, views there uh, as spoken to Henry McKean. When it comes to health insurance, Dermot, like, OK, it is expensive, but isn't it interesting that, you know, the people who've had to use it or the people who've engaged with services found out the benefit of it, you know? And uh, there was a caller there with, you know, obviously talking about his own mental health issues. How are they covered on policies by the insurers? What do they offer? Yeah, no, and it's, you know, it's always interesting, particularly when you hear those types of cases, because, um, you know, people will always comment on the public versus the private, and that's where it's most prevalent, the difference. So, um, if you have a policy that covers public and private hospitals, you're covered for 100 days minimum per year in a private hospital like St. Pat's, St. John of God's, St. Edmundsbury, one of those hospitals. Um, a lot of people with long-term mental disorders, you know, they go in for a month at a time. Uh, there, some of the older policies will cover 180 days per year, uh, which is about 150, 180,000 worth of benefit. Um, so what we find is people who have underlying mental health problems, they will never drop their private health insurance. Um, but, you know, even for any, any young people listening to this, Sinead, we, we get lots of people with sports injuries, you know, who think they're bulletproof, you know, they don't need insurance, they rely on the public system, and they do their cruciate in or they go over on their ankle, and then they find they're waiting six to eight months, or if their club has to maybe pay for it, but they want to go into... Um, the specialists in the Santry Sports Clinic yeah, or, or the, the Beacon Hermitage Hospital yeah. Gary O'Toole and Morris Nelling and you have the Hermitage Clinic have their own services there and yeah. they want to get in and get treated straight away unfortunately with, in this country like it or not that's where, pri- that's where private health insurance comes in it's a thousand a day in these hospitals to get that type of treatment wow. a day case procedure is a thousand euro I'm a gym goer and I've experienced the same yeah. with the knee problem and actually you, you hear more and more of people that are in the gym even though they're getting fit normally have injuries and they end up in the sports yeah. clinic as well yeah. so I know it is it is it's, you know and sure. a lot of uh, one actually one other myth just to dispel a lot of people without insurance and I've, I've huge sympathy for people who maybe would like to take a cover but they just can't afford it and the age loadings has pushed a lot of people out of that bracket now 
But if you go public, it's 80 euro per night. So mm. young people listening to this, if they need to get an emergency appendectomy, that's 800 euro. Mm. 10 nights in a public hospital. And that's your year's premium there. Exactly. And you can yeah. buy, and in fact, that lady who mentioned that she's paying, I think, 90 a month for a basic policy, she's paying too much. Because it's not free. I mean, yeah. you know, so if you don't have health insurance and you end up in hospital, you're paying somebody somewhere 800, along 800 euro, okay. even for young children as well. So that's, you know, 850, 890 euro will buy you a medium policy covering yeah. public and private hospitals. Yes, yeah. all right. Um, okay, we have um, a query in here from an apartment owner, uh, Deirdre. Uh, apartment above mine had a flood from a bath last week. Oh dear. My ceiling has a big leak in it and some of the fixtures and fittings have water damage. I've no contents insurance for my TV and chairs which got wet. Can I claim off the upstairs neighbour's insurance? Yes. Yeah, so like she would, the upstairs apartment would be deemed at fault in that case because the leak came from their apartment. So the management company would have to pay out um, from that apartment to the the caller, the texter's um, apartment. Now and tell me what goods. would happen if they did have their own insurance policy. Would you have to go there first? Um, you could. So what they could do to maybe make things a bit quicker for them is they could claim off their own insurance for their contents um, and the insurer then will go after the management company uh, to get reimbursed. Yeah, but would your premium be hiked up the next time you go around looking for it? Um, well, if if they get a full reimbursement from the management company, then it wouldn't affect your policy okay. as long as it's done within the year. Obviously, if it's coming up close to your renewal and the effect of having an open claim on your policy would would increase your premium. But once the claim is closed off, you could get a return premium on that. Um, if they didn't manage to re- get a reimbursement from the management company, um, you you would. Like it depends on how many years no claims bonus you've built up. So it's the same like car insurance. You build up a no claims bonus on house insurance yeah. up to 50%. Um, and obviously a claim then will affect it um, depending on the size of the claim and depending on the insurer, the and percentage of the load. Uh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. and the history of the loading that would be put on. Okay. Uh, texter Kieran wants to know, should I insure my laptop? What would it cost? Um, how long is a piece of string? Well, I suppose it depends on the laptop, doesn't it? Depends on the laptop. Yeah. If, it's a, if it's a Mac, you know, it'd be yeah. a little bit more expensive. But the cover starts from about seven or eight ninety nine. Now, to this maybe. would be like under gadget in the specific insurance. Yeah, so our gadgetinsurance.com, which is okay. which is our our, our brand. Um, you're talking, yeah, between probably seven ninety nine up to maybe ten ninety nine. Now, is that the same insurance that the shop who sold him the laptop will flog him as well? I mean, if you go into the mm the Apple store, you go into, you know, CompuStore or whatever and you buy a computer and they sell you, do you want insurance or do you want a warranty? To yeah, it's deemed a connected sale. So they're they're not regulated. They're able to sell it. But normally you'll find that they're charging you a lot more than what it is to buy direct from a broker such as ourselves or direct from another company. So just to watch out for that. Does it cover something. the same stuff? Like Pretty much the same. I, I don't I haven't gone into you know, great detail as to what they're excluding and so on, but uh, pretty much probably the same, I would say. Right. Okay. Uh, a texter in here, just briefly, Dermot wants to know. Uh, wants to know how do you make a complaint about a private health insurer? One is a state company. The other two are private companies. Mm. So, well, actually, it's the exact same process because they're all now regulated by the central bank. Um, so, really, what I would say to anybody who is an issue, always engage with the health insurance company first and foremost. Make a formal complaint. People don't like making formal complaints. It just means it's escalated to a different department and they have to investigate it fully within five working days and so forth. There's, there's a certain procedure there. But if at the end of that outcome you are not happy with the response and you believe you are being hard done by, then you make a formal complaint, let's just say, to the financial services ombudsman and they will 
will then investigate it for you. That's um, what you should do. What would typical complaints be on health insurance? Oh, I thought they'd cover this and they didn't. I know that I heard of one recently where uh, somebody needed a joint replacement and suddenly they were landed with the bill that they had to part pay for it, even though they had a really good insurance plan. Yeah, th- typically it's more around waiting periods where somebody will say, well, I believe the condition wasn't pre-existing and the medical evidence says differently. Um, but yeah, we also get ones where, you know, for example, just like you mentioned, somebody will go in for a hip replacement, uh, 15,000 euro, and they didn't check with the insurance company in advance. And most policies now have a co-payment of between two and 3,000 euro on specified procedures. And if you don't check it out beforehand and therefore do a deal with the hospital, well, then you'll find that you're left with that bill to pay. And that's despite you paying a hefty premium to them. So it's not insuring everything, is it? No. And you know what, Sinead, really, like what we always say to consumers now, unfortunately, if you don't check everything out, to be fair to the insurers, it's all in the policy details, you know. But you know what I say to everybody? Reading through this documentation is torture. Don't. Phone them up. Tell them the procedure you're getting done. Tell them where you're getting it done. And, and let then, them do the legwork. Am I fully covered? And they have to tell you yes or no. And do okay. that in advance. Good advice. All right. We'll be back for more insurance-related queries after the break. Welcome back to The Hard Shoulder with me, Sinead Ryan, sitting in for Ivan until 7 o'clock this evening. We are talking all about insurance. Uh, and we have our experts, Kieran Mulligan, Dermot Good, and Deirdre McCarthy in with us to answer all our questions. Uh, I have a text in here. I have a very expensive racing bike I want to look after. I keep it in my shed. Is it covered by my house insurance, Deirdre? So it will be covered if it's in a locked shed, um, depending on the value of it though. See, most insurance policies will cover pedal cycles on it. A lot of them will cover it only up to maybe 650 euro or 800 euro. Um, so it, like it depends on the value of it. And they can go up and off like into yeah. the thousands, can't they? So if it is over a thousand, you would need to specify it on the policy. So you can add it on as a specified item and then it will be covered out and about. Um, and you pay a an extra, an extra premium, premium for that, but you, but you kind of name it as an item. Exactly, name it as an item. Um, the only thing it wouldn't be covered for if they were doing any professional racing or triathlons or things like that, anything on the professional line, they wouldn't okay. cover that. Okay. Um, so, but if you're using it for pleasure, um, you know, maybe commuting to and from work, um, you know, it will be covered out and about as well. So okay. it will be an additional premium onto your policy, but well worth but it. But well worth it because that's the value of the bike, kit. of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kieran, bike insurance is, is hard enough to, to get these days. I know there used to be quite a few companies covering it. We're doing it. You're, ah, what was <laughs> One the of our 14 brands, bicycle insurance. <laughs> really? that I okay, well, actually, Sweden. it's one of the few then because there used to be a couple of UK companies come in here, did it? But they're not quoting anymore. Yeah, we cover it. Uh, we've been doing it for probably about three or four years now. Um, prices have been very competitive over that period. We can do up to 10,000 worth of cover for the bike yeah. and it covers liability as well. Yeah. So quite important. You know, we're getting There's rec- an awful lot of bike thefts, you know. like Yeah, uh, I mean, you have to have scourge. a quality lock. So it has to be a silver or gold status depending on, on the value on the bike. Um, and that's it's basically the U-locks and stuff like that that okay. you're looking to insure. Uh, to and you cover. have to report it stolen and have your photograph and your... Ch- they're, they're, I only discovered in the last year that bikes come with like a chassis number, which, which I didn't yes. realise. Yes, and actually in my own house, the bike got stolen. Um, now, it wasn't that year, but 
you're seeing it happening all over the place. So again, if you claim for your bicycle insurance, if you don't have it on your home insurance, but you have it as a separate standalone policy, it won't affect your no claims bonus. So you can get it covered for the next bike you get, where if you claim under your home insurance, then it'll affect your renewal premium, etc. Right. Okay. Um, hi there, Sinead. I'm hoping you might be able to give some advice regarding competitive health insurance for single parents. Well, Dermot... Any parent, you know, any parents, any uh, adults can avail of all the policies. They can. And, you know, what we would always recommend, take out a good corporate plan that covers every public, every private hospital and money back on routine expenses. So like tree plans, for example, Irish Life Health have a fantastic policy called 4D Health 2, just over €1,200. Euro. Uh, VHI have the PMI 3613, which is, I think, 1317 They've just increased their rates, by the way. Uh, and Leia Healthcare have another corporate plan called Simply Connect Plus 1286. So for about €100 Euro a month, those policies, as I say, fantastic cover, but they also give you 50% back on all those routine expenses. So GP, consultants, usually between a thousand and four thousand euro back. So and by the way, I should have said Sinead, there's no pre existing exclusion on on the outpatient expenses. So for somebody, a single person looking for good cover, that's where I'd start if and, they want a good and cover. This is a single parent, so for the child children of those policies very well, cheaply. Absolutely children of those policies two hundred and eighty to three hundred and five euro and and the child gets the exact same benefits, you know. The other thing too as well now probably not for this person but you know for people who find the cost of health insurance may be prohibitive don't forget you have those health cash plans out there like the likes of I think it's HSF, HSF. health plan fantastic cover for routine expenses yes and also, you just get like an amount of money back for exactly for um, and some of those policies 515 euro gets you a fantastic policy in fact actually that 515 policy get you €450 Euro back on any dental and optical expenses. Right. So there's dental plans there as well. So there's not just health insurance, there's plans there for everybody. One of my bet noirs is the complicated and unnecessarily confusing names that health insurers give their plans. Uh, Dermot knows them all. Uh, the rest of you probably don't, me included. So you can listen back to the podcast if you missed any of that. We'll have it up later on and uh, you can you can catch all that information again. OK, we have a caller on the line, Kieran. Uh, Kieran, what's your question for our insurance experts this evening? Hi, Sinead. I've been renting a property for a number of years. All the contents are my own. Um, when I go to try and get insurance, I can only seem to get full cover for the house and the contents. Can you recommend a provider that does contents only? Okay, content only insurance, Deirdre. Um, you know, yeah, most, like most we, renters want it. Most renters should have it. I think it's the thing in Ireland that a lot of people don't have it. Um, but yeah, like you can take out renters insurance, no problem. Like I think it's probably the best option would be go to a broker to make sure that the not all main stream insurers will do contents only that they, they do buildings and contents. So, um, if you went to a broker, we would know what insurers would, you know, be able to give you the cover that you need. Okay, so, but there are insurers out there. It is available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go to broker because they'll be able to source it for you. All right. Um, We have a texter here. Hi, I reversed into a lamppost yesterday. Oh dear. And a fully comp insurance. I did a good bit of damage to my taillight and bumper. Can I claim on my own insurance? Yes. Yeah, but the, I'm getting the dot dot I hope dot. You, I hope you have step back bonus protection, <laughs> etc. Because um, depending on, I mean, it's it's like home insurance as well. Depending on the value of your claim, you know whether it's going to affect your renewal. Um, if it's small, you nearly be better off paying yourself. If it's a larger claim, then claim off your policy, but just expect a hike in your renewal. But also, there's a policy excess, so 
depending on the value of the claim, it may not be worth because the standard access on a private motor insurance would be 250 or 300 euro. Yeah. So he it's said he did a fair bit of damage. I mean, that could be anything from a couple of hundred into the thousands. Yeah, it's exactly. not worth it if, if you can just do it yourself. I'd say if it's if the claim is less than a thousand euro and you don't have full no claims bonus protection, um, I would advise not to claim for it if you could afford to pay it yourself. Um, because if you only have the step back protection or the no protection on your bonus, you're losing two to three years of no claims bonus or losing your bonus completely, and you're going to see a massive increase. Much more than those the, bonuses the, are worth a lot. Aren't big they? Time. Eight, nine years worth. And again, you know? the two-year, yeah. the two-year car policy yeah. is good as well because even if you do have an accident, that your premium stays the same for the following year, okay. so it won't change until your renewal. So consider the two-year oh, policy. Gosh, as well. it's an awkward one. The other get your option, yeah. actually, though, what they might have is if they couldn't afford to pay it now, they you can claim now. Let's say, and let's say it was five or six hundred euro that. Just guessing, you know, a, a yeah. type of claim, and it came to the renewal, and the renewal premium had hiked up a lot. You can actually have the option of paying back the claim to the insurer, oh, really? and they will reinstate the bonus. And do yeah. they go back kind of as new? They everybody turns a blind eye and forgets you were ever on. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it effectively, if you've paid back the claim okay. to the insurer, there hasn't been yeah, a claim. Nobody so else who wants you. <laughs> Yeah, so, so like it depends, option. you know, that might be another option All depending right, on the okay. value of it. We have another caller on the line, Anne. Anne, what is your uh, question for us? Hi, Sinead. I'm moving abroad for a year and I've held health insurance in Ireland up to now. Will I have to serve waiting periods when I return? Okay, Dermot, Anne's moving abroad for a year. It's a, I, I think you, you could normally only, they like a couple of months. This is very tricky and we get this all the time. So um, strictly speaking, if Anne cancels her policy now and she leaves and comes back in a year's time, then she's treated as a new member. She has to reserve her waiting periods. So what some people do, if, for example, she switched to VHI International, uh, for and then that will cover her for the year she's abroad. Then when she returns back home, I think most of the insurers, including VHI, Irish Life Laid, they will recognise uh, the VHI International policy. So in other words, she can cancel her local policy, go on to VHI International, straight back on to a health insurance policy when she comes back That's with no break and cover. That's an expensive policy. I had to buy it myself for my daughter. It's it's. It is. Um, and, you know, depending if you're going to the US, it's very expensive. So if you're going to Europe and other jurisdictions, depending on your age. So it's an age related risk rate of policy. What a lot of people do, and this is probably what I would suggest, um, and strictly speaking, the legislation prohibits you from doing this. But I can tell you thousands of people do this. Keep your policy in place because she's only going for 12 months. So in other words, maybe downgrade her policy to a lower plan. So it means that when she comes back in 12 months time, there technically has been no break in her health oh, insurance right, cover. But she wouldn't be able to make a claim on it now no, if she did that be because no she'd claim. be out of the country. Gosh, and that's a, it sounds like Well, strictly speaking, the le- here's the crazy it. thing, Sinead, about our legislation. The legislation basically says you can't do that. You have to be resident here six months or mm. more. But the insurance companies know that thousands of their members are travelling for 12 in months Australia, or whatever. Absolutely. Gap year and, and people are worried about, they don't want the break because that five-year pre-existing could come into play. So lots of people tell us, no, I'm, I'm still paying my premium for a lower policy, whatever. So they could take a, maybe a backpacker policy to cover themselves whilst they're abroad for the 12 months. So they've got really good insurance cover. Um, and then they still have their local policy in place. So right. there's no perfect solution. No, to there that. certainly isn't insurance for no, in- paying the premium for no insurance. All right, okay. 
Okay, that's it from me today on the Consumer Call-In and it is the end of our run of the series. My thanks to all our guests uh, throughout the last two weeks and don't forget you can listen back to any of the items you missed on the podcast section of the News Talk website and we'll tweet them out from the Hard Shoulder Twitter account as well. I'd like to thank my three guests today, Deirdre McCarthy, Dermot Good, Kieran Mulligan, you have been absolutely fantastic, stellar, on the hoof and answering these questions, folks, it's all been live. My personal thanks to everybody's helped make the show happen. It couldn't have happened without Mark Simpson, Ashley Moore, Dan Flanagan, Alex Russo, Roisin Davis and Henry McKean. A huge team of people. Mike DeQuilly got on sound, making sure that everybody gets heard today. Thanks to our callers and everybody who got in touch. I hope it was some help. Andrea will be back tomorrow with the hard shoulder from 4 to 7. I will be back on Saturday morning for the home show at 9am and on Monday with Ivan. Until then, good evening and thanks for listening.